Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It's the holiday weekend. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open, presented by Evian. As we enter the unofficial end of summer, folks are having to choose between one last party in the Hamptons or celebrating the greatest tennis players in their last major dance of the year. With Labor Day looming, there is still much work to be done. A lot to get to over the next two hours as we lead up to first ball, but we begin with Serena Williams last night. was goodbye it was long lasting and left us witnessing all the inimitable qualities that make Serena the greatest of all time her level kept getting better throughout this tournament it took six match points and more than three hours for Isla Tomjanovic to win the longest match Serena has ever played at the U.S. Open one final twirl the crowd fully behind her from start to finish but of course the U.S. Open plays on with some big matches today Americans Jesse Pagula and Daniel Collins in action. Plus, Jensen Brooksby battles Carlos Alcaraz. And Rafa Nadal continues his quest for a 23rd major title. Come on in. Welcome to TC Live. Steve Weissman back with Paul Anico, Jeannie Bouchard, and John Wertheim. Once again, got to talk Serena. The ultimate last stand. I mean, showing all the fight, the qualities that she has shown over the past quarter century to make her who she is. Uh, Jeannie, what was your reaction watching last night, Serena, for potentially the final time? It was emotional. I just felt honored that we were witnessing such a historical moment. Um, this is the end of such a storied career. And to, to watch her go down in, in a really high-quality match, I think um, it's, it's a fitting end to her career. Obviously, we would all have loved to see her win. But to, for her to go out playing this way, I think, is, is a su success in and of itself. And uh, I teared up when she was crying on court last night. I had tears in my eyes. That's tough. It's always hard to say goodbye to our icons, especially uh, one where they broke the mold with Serena Williams. She's done so much for the game on and off the court, so much for society in general with awareness. Um, I think it's so fitting that potentially this was her last match and it just happened to be the longest one she's ever played at the U.S. Open. That tells us all about how she fights, about how she competes no matter what. And uh, that unconditional competitiveness of hers along with that talent has just put so many records across the board that uh, they're going to be there for a very long time. If her winning the title, winning number 24, if that was the ultimate storybook ending, this is like 1B. And this, this, I thought, was really appropriate. It was a night match. It was the biggest tennis stadium in the world. It was fiercely competitive. That last game was such a distillation of Serena. She saved five match points. She's beaten by a player who plays this power game that probably doesn't happen but for Serena Williams. I do think we should pause for two seconds. I mean, I thought Isla Tomjanovic was just... Brilliant, the level of play, the closeout, the way she comported herself. 
But uh, in a weird way, I thought this was a very, like you said, a very appropriate way for Serena to go out. A lot of emotions out on the court before, during, after. Let's take you through what went down last night. Serena showed her brilliance, put herself, Jeannie, in position to win this first set. She was up 5-3. Yeah, and after that, Tomjanovic just came storming back. Um, she was really using her angles well there, big forehand to open up the court, try to uh, get Serena moving. Uh, but Serena does what Serena does and came storming back and, and showed her grit and fight that she's shown us all week long. Um, but, you know, ultimately, um, I think ran out of gas at the end. She must be so mentally and physically exhausted from an emotional week. She left the court with Tina Turner, simply the best, playing in the background. And Tomjanovic gets the victory, but Serena on court after, providing countless memories and inspiration. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. You guys were amazing today. I I tried, but Allah just played a little bit better. Um, Thank you, Daddy. I know you're watching. Um, Thanks, Mom. Oh my God, um, but it all started with my parents and they deserve everything. So I'm really grateful for them. Oh my God, these are happy tears, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be Serena if it wasn't Venus. So thank you, Venus. I just thought she would beat me, you know, so there was, uh, the pressure wasn't on, um, on me, so she's Serena. I, I, I didn't think that, you know, I, even till the last point, I knew that she's in a really good position to win even when she's down 5-1, and I don't know how many match points I needed to finish it off, but that's just who she is, and um, she's the greatest of all time, period. You can say that again. These are the numbers, Paul. Really hit me when she said uh, wouldn't be Serena if there wasn't Venus. Yeah, I mean, look, that must be so hard for Serena to go out and even have to speak like that with so many emotions as usual. Did it in a way to thank all the right people, her family first and foremost. And like John said, talking about Isla, I think she did a tremendous job in a really difficult situation. And looking at those numbers, I mean, every time they come up, I just scratch my head. And and we're going to be doing that for many years. But look, they broke the mold with Serena. And and to watch her play this way and play better as the tournament went on, I think is is a really fitting tribute to her. Um, But like I said, I think what really resonates with me about last night was the fact longest match, six match points to get Mm, finished. I mean, that just epitomizes... Serena Williams. She doesn't want to go anywhere. She's going to compete until she can't anymore. So pretty impressive. Serena Williams, the most tweeted about female athlete of all time. We'll be showing tweets throughout the show. And not just athletes, but Michelle Obama, proud of Serena. How lucky were we to be able to watch a young girl from Compton grow up to become one of the greatest athletes of all time? Magic Johnson saying Serena has meant so much to sports. But not just that, the game of tennis, the world, every little girl, and even more to every little black girl across the globe. Jeannie, what do you think Serena's biggest impact was? 
I think everyone has been talking about how it's not just on the court, of course, but off the court. She's inspired so many people and has really transcended the sport. I mean, she's she's brought so much awareness. We see it just from this past week, how the entire world, it feels like, is talking yeah. about Serena and just um, we're all just so, I think, happy and lucky to to see this career come to an end in such a in such a nice way. Um, but I'm I've been inspired by her personally in my tennis career. And I know that um, so many more people play tennis because of her and, and that just makes me so happy right. and you you said this yesterday Gina. I mean the number of people who have never seen Serena and Williams hit a tennis ball but are still fans because of what she represents because of the way she's confronted conventional wisdom because of what she wears what she says this goes so far beyond tennis but deep within tennis it's also a really serious exactly. impact I thought Isla put it best when she said she embodies that no dream is too big and that's for anybody that walks the face of the earth. Much more on Serena Williams. We'll hear from Serena once again throughout the show as we celebrate the GOAT. Here comes Carlos Alcaraz. Big match today against Jensen Brooksby, one of our Cadillac player arrivals. The teenagers were supposed to sleep in. <laughs> no, he's getting up early today. A lot to get to over the next two hours. Our Evian Americans in action continuing to give hope for a hometown champ. Plus, it is a must-see Prakash Worldwide with another player saying goodbye to tennis. And a former top 20 trailblazer, Leslie Allen, on what it's like to be first. But next, from Coco Mania to the number one man in the world, we get you caught up on everything that went down yesterday. Jeannie, John, Paul, Steve, back on TC Live, presented by Evian. A reminder that Tennis Plays for Peace is an initiative to bring the tennis community and fans together to support relief efforts for the war in Ukraine through the Global Giving's Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund. To learn more, please go to globalgiving.org slash US Open. Back to the action from last night. Fly with Caro on supersonic levels right now. Caroline Garcia taking an 11-match win streak into her third round, Paul, against Bianca Andreescu. Yeah, and this is exactly how I called it on the show yesterday. <laughs> you Garcia picked Bibi. That was your guarantee. Riding that wave of confidence from Cincinnati, just offensive tennis. Look at her take the return early. Really never let Andreescu into the match. I thought maybe she would spray a few more balls, but it was a clinic and offense of tennis. I think that clarity and confidence allows her to pull off shots like that. Strong down the line open stance two-hander and here the forehand up inside the baseline but look at the court position. She has Andrescu pinned deep in the court and when Garcia is confident in hitting the ball this cleanly she is so impressive. We saw it in Cincinnati and we saw it yesterday. Eight aces pushing her tour leading total to 304. Most aces on tour. Fourth round here for the first time. And guess what? We're flying with Carol Garcia. Very nice to Jeannie Bouchard and Juniors as well. Yes, so happy to see Carol regain excellent form. So happy for her. We all had our eyes on this All-American battle. Madison Keys, Coco Goff, Jeannie Keys won when they played eight months ago, but this was a whole different story. Yes, completely different match here. This is one of the best defensive points I've ever seen. Coco just displaying her athleticism, getting absolutely every single ball back. Like, she was so far behind the baseline, we didn't even see her at some points in that, in that uh, point. But showing that she has such a great all-around game because she's also one in position, being able to be aggressive and attack. Keys has a lot of power, and she had trouble finishing the point against Coco. Uh, Coco staying far back to absorb her power and then uh, opening up the court and just completely controlling the point. 
she had a lot of very big celebrations. You can see how much this means to her. Obviously, we're talking a lot about Serena at the U.S. Open, but Coco, maybe the heir to the throne, is methodically going through every single match. I didn't expect it to be such a one-sided affair, but, I mean, look at that. It's, it means so much to her. Playing in her third U.S. Open, second week for the first time. Talk about what changed from Adelaide. January, I was relying too much on my speed, and I was um, because against you know lower ranked players, you know I could get away with just getting the ball back, and then you know I'm playing higher players who power power hitters, and I'm like, okay, well that's not working anymore. So I think now I'm using it as a weapon and not so much as a defense mechanism, and using it to aggressively get to the balls and using it to attack the net instead of using it to run side to side. Yes, I still use it to do that because that's tennis; you can't help it. But um, I think it really changed uh, my mentality on how I'm using my athleticism. I'm not relying it on it anymore. Now I'm trying to use it as a weapon. That's just head scratching. Her, her depth That's of analysis as a teenager is just amazing to me. Take a look at this, but listen to those words. I mean, as a coach, I'm still sitting here going, wow. I mean, she's really incredible. 18. Yep. She sounds wise beyond her years. <laughs> New balance player resume. She completes the box set. She's now made the second week at all four majors at that 128 mile an hour serve in the second round. Did this surprise you, John, as you take a look at uh, the draw right now, how how thoroughly she beat Madison Keys? Yeah, I think the thoroughly is. I mean, I, I probably would have picked Coco to win that match, but I didn't expect her to only surrender five games. And you look at this board and, uh, you know, we're, we're only a lot of tennis left to be played. We're only in the fourth round, but um, if Coco were to advance to the final, the same tournament that Serena leaves, that would be a bit of symbolic torch passing right there. What did that performance, Jeannie, say to you about her chances of winning it all now? She's looking so solid right now. It's hard to imagine a player that can that beat her easily in this tournament or maybe even beat her at all. She is just doing so great with her defense and her offense and seems so level-headed and, mm -hmm. and just to, seems to be calm about everything, even though it's the U.S. Open and she's, there's a lot of hype around her and she's playing as an American here. Um, I'm very impressed. We said, Paul, that, that the Serena story kind of helped her, perhaps, I, you know, I, took some of the pressure off. I think it did. I think it took some of the pressure off her. And, and look, she's talked about the inspiration that Serena's been to her. And I, I think the next step for Coco is a really clear one. It, it's to go from very good to great, mm -hmm. right? And, and I think the biggest challenge for her is to get really comfortable being uncomfortable in the time of greatness, in the finals of Roland Garros, that was the first step. She got there. Now she's getting more information to feedback. And when you hear these kind of comments after gathering information experience, you got to watch out. Right. So the more she's in these situations, she's going to become great. It's really not a matter of uh, if, it's just when. A couple little technical things she needs to tweak, I think. But um, other than that, she is just such a treat to watch. So winning the U.S. Open equals the great. Yeah, I think being an, an, another, getting a major under her belt, I would consider that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good to great. Love Good to hear great. it. Uh, on the men's side, Matteo Berrettini looking to do the same thing. He's been to a major final before. Taking on former champ, though, Andy Murray. The greatness there, John. Uh, the Italian had his serve and forehand working on fire. 18 aces, really solid. Um, some of us, i.e. Jeannie, thought, you know, Andy Murray, maybe this is a little prelude to Serena, former champ, north of 35, parent, comeback. It just seemed like Murray is a few points here and there make all the difference. This was a very close match. Andy Murray did a very nice job to claw his way back into this match after dropping the first two sets. Sets, honestly, he was right there and could have won just a 
couple points here and there seem to be the difference for Murray. Gets back, the crowd is into it, but then in the fourth set, Berrettini gets a break, and Berrettini's become a really reliable player for at these big events. And for Andy Murray, he's just not sure. I mean, he's, he's not by any stretch embarrassing himself. It's not a bad loss. He's right in there, but he just doesn't quite seem to have that X factor. And meanwhile, what a, uh, I don't know if a guy uh, who's been to a major final could be a dark horse, but boy, has Berrettini become reliable. Fourth round for the fourth straight year. Talk about reliability. Then we had the Paul Rudd Rude match. Tommy Paul, Casper Rudd, four hours and 23 minutes. What a battle, Paul. It was. I mean, Casper uh, Rudd got up to an early break. Tommy broke back. Great tie break for Casper in that first set. Second set was more of the same. Look at athleticism on both sides of the net. Tommy Paul trying to impose his will. Does such a great job stealing the second set tie break, playing some great tennis. This is the heartbreaking time right here. It was 6-5 Tommy Paul serving 40. Love that game. Triple set point. And that slipped away from him, and then Rudd, uh, uh, Paul Rudd and Casper Rudd, both of them. <laughs> anyway, played, it was rude of him to do that. Yeah, played, played a better tiebreaker. But give Tommy Paul credit. Won the fourth set after a heartbreaking third. But I, I think a little bit of uh, a lack of fuel in the fuel tank for Tommy Paul. Third five-setter in succession against a guy that gives you nothing. Casper Rudolph to a great start in the fifth and uh, went on a run. But for Tommy Paul, I think that is a terrific tournament, and he is right there. Casper Roots at fifth set, played some of his best tennis this year. First Norwegian man to reach the round of 16 here, and then Daniil Medvedev once again had to wait until after the Serena show to take the court late last night, Jeannie, against that young Chinese star, Yibing Wu. That's a great point, Steve, because he's had to play after Serena, and he's just um, not worried or complaining or doesn't seem to affect his game at all. And that could be tough because there's so much attention on her, and the crowd is not as big as maybe it would be for the number one player in the world, but it's because he's playing after Serena and playing so late. They went on at, like, half 11 last night. Um, I just love that Medvedev can can do it all. He's 6'6", huge serve, but moves so well for his height. And look at that defense there, like far out in the corner and then able to just have such big shots as well, moving forward, changing the defense to offense. Uh, straightforward win. He's just quietly making his way through the draw. Defending champ, punching his ticket to week two, sets up a blockbuster against Nick Kyrgios. We'll talk about that one. Taking a look at the fitness area. Not, you know, it, it really dies down, Jeannie, as we get to the second week. As soon as you get past the second round, um, so many of the players are gone or, you know, have lost and are taking the day off, and um, it, it gets really quiet. But then if you're one of those few players there, you know that means you're doing something right. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's lonely, but you're not alone. Ben Shelton coming in, playing some doubles today with Chris Eubanks. Much more straight ahead. Anikos Bouchard, Wertham Weissman back on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Coverage begins every morning with our two-hour show at 9 a.m. Eastern. ESPN carries the day session 11 a.m. Eastern today. ESPN 2, the night session, 7 p.m. Eastern. Let's get back to the summer of Samsonova. Riding a 12-match win streak into the third round against Alexandra Krunic-Gini. She leads the WTA in service games one, continues to crush it. Yeah, she's 
the hottest player or one of the hottest players in the tournament right now. Um, big strokes, but great footwork to get herself in position for them. You hear a lot of her squeaky feet before she hits every shot. She sets herself up really well. And when you're winning so much, everything works. She, she had a let cord there, but like doing the winner anyway. Everything is kind of going her way right now. She's also very um, level-headed, not showing too much emotion, very uh, methodical. You know, this is a big moment for her, but she's uh, kind of taking it all in stride. And great movement there for, for a girl that's so big. She has very big, looping, smooth strokes, um, and that's why she generates so much of her power. Hasn't lost a set since the final in D.C. Won that tournament, won tennis in the land in Cleveland, and it's like she just expects it now. 13 in a row. Deepest run at a major. Plays Isla Tomjanovic next. Beat her in D.C. Uh, speaking of players on fire, how about Nick Kyrgios? 13-2 since the Wimbledon final taking on J.J. Wolf. Paul, more disciplined destruction from Nick. Yeah, it was a really tight first set. Nick was actually pretty quiet in the first set. J.J. did a really nice job uh, until about halfway through where he lost his serve. Nick played some really precise power tennis, controlling the uh, kind of tempo of the rally from the back of the court. Once again, served as he always does. Look, I, I think this is a great uh, tournament for J.J. Wolf, and that is a tremendous talent shot from Nick Kyrgios that cannot be taught. A little bit of a helicopter celebratory move for him, but he played great tennis. Nick, 6-4, here, controlling the rallies, doing all kinds of magic with that back. And look, open stance two-hander, that is so difficult. A little bit of side spin rotation around that ball. <laughs> How about a little shake, a little shimmy? Yeah, I like a little shake, a little shimmy. But J.J. had a great tournament, just a little bit outmatched, and he is making terrific progress as J.J. Wolf. But do not sleep on the next match, folks. Nick Kyrgios and Daniel Medvedev. That is going to be a blockbuster. He just beat him in, in Montreal. What do you think of that one? I, I just think it's going to be a great match to watch. I want to see more of those Nick uh, fun shots. He's just so entertaining. And Medvedev is as well. They, they both put on a show. They're both great entertainers. And... Uh, I think we'll have a high-quality match. That looked like a lot of fun, antics. That was going on as Serena was playing, and I think it really has served Nick Kyrgios well that for week one he has not been necessarily the, the A1 attraction. Big match, and I think we'll learn a lot about both players. Best of five weekend session at a major is different than a Montreal night, but Nick did win the previous time they played. Yeah, this, I won't say this often, but Medvedev is the one that's going to have to change his game a little bit to win. Who's favored? Yeah. Uh, I, I think Kyrgios is going to win. Really? I okay. Nick Kyrgios, I, I'll be surprised if Nick does not win that. Wow. That's think? a big call. Right. Yeah, that is a big call. You well, agree? I've got massive potential for growth since I haven't had very many good calls this week, so I'm looking at the glass <laughs> half but I, full. But I thought you called Medvedev to win the whole tournament. I did, but I didn't think he was going <laughs> to That's a good, good, good pick I, I up. Did anyone Jamie. remember that? I didn't pay attention. I did, but I didn't Council? think he was going to be playing Nick this mm. round. I didn't think Nick well, was going to get this. Did you not see the draw? Or? I did. I didn't know if Nick was going to oh, get okay. this far because of fatigue. I'm just, I'm just kidding. If, if I'm just remember, kidding, Paul. If you remember, I also <laughs> picked Nick to lose earlier, right? Yeah. Remember? You did. So that is true. I can contradict myself as many times as possible. Now, <laughs> you got so confused by the end of the show, I can say whatever I want and no one can check it. You adapt. Defense lawyer, right? Yeah, I Exactly. We, we exactly. really, I mean, Medvedev's he's won nine straight matches here. He's won every match in straight sets so far this year. He's moving well, as you say. Boy, that's a big pick. It's going to be fun. Right. We're, we're going to talk more about that tomorrow. head-to-head, -head, guys. It's 3-1 right. for Nick Kyrgios. So. Yeah. Uh, more on that tomorrow. Let's talk today. Daniel Collins, Alizé Cornet. This is a good one, Jeannie. It's a rematch from when they played in Australia. 
That was a quarterfinal, the first ever that Cornet has had in a major, and Danielle got the win there. Who, who do you give the edge to today? This is going to be a fun one. Both of these players are feisty competitors. I expect a battle. I expect Collins to power through Cornet, hmm. but I do wonder if Cornet can just weasel her way into the points, absorb enough power to be able to um, show some variety, maybe get under Collins' skin a little bit with her, her drop shots. She said she wanted to keep drop shots as a part of her game, um, and that might throw Collins off her rhythm. So we'll see. Two of the best fighters. You just like this as a, as a battle. When you come from nothing, you've got nothing to lose. That was Danielle Collins. I thought it was all-time great post-match quotes. Uh, Danielle Collins, in a very short amount of time, has reverted to form from Australia. I think she wins and beats Cornet again. Battle of feistiness, right? Yeah. And Danielle's got a lot of confidence right now without playing a ton of matches. To me, that's really impressive. And I think the more she plays, uh, the more dangerous she's going to get. Because she's got, I think she's got a little more firepower. Mm -hmm. But in terms of feistiness levels, they're pretty similar. <laughs> a lot of passion yep. will be on display. Uh, Jensen Brooksby going for the biggest win of his life today, taking on Carlos Alcaraz. What is the strategy, Paul, for Jensen Brooksby in this match? I cannot wait to see this match. We're going to see if Jensen Brooksby is able to use his uh, tennis IQ and awkwardness to make uh, the great young Spaniard feel uncomfortable. That's been so hard to do against Alcaraz because he has so much firepower and so many weapons. For Brooksby, it's about getting the first strike in. He's got to pressure the Alcaraz second serve, see if he can get better court position and make Alcaraz hit the ball on the run as much as possible. We know Alcaraz is great on the run, but if he's stationary, he's even better. And if he's stationary, he can come forward, and that will put Brooksby uh, in some trouble if that happens. Remember last year, Brooksby took a set off Novak Djokovic this same weekend. It was a Bit of a yeah, it was a bit of a revelation, and now he's really found comfort here. He makes the opponent uncomfortable. He knows he does. We talk about how the the serve is a deficiency. He doesn't get broken all that many times. He is so tricky. There is no player that plays like him. There's no one you can get a practice partner and say, "Hey, go replicate this guy." That's a real advantage. Alcaraz will be the favorite, but it's very easy to see Brooksby just completely confounding this kid. I haven't been impressed by Brooksby since he broke out onto the scene last year that he's maintained and improved his level. He's shown that he's a, a good player and he's kind of here to stay. Um, I think it'll be telling how he handles uh, the match. And uh, it's just we'll see if Alcaraz can really power through him or not and if uh, Brooksby can, you know, do his weird, awkward game, as Paul said. And I think it'll be a fun game of cat and mouse. Brooksby never looks intimidated no matter who he's yeah. playing. You mentioned the Djokovic match last year. Alcaraz looking to be the youngest man to reach the fourth round back-to-back -back years here since Pete Sampras did it back in the day. Another good one coming up. couple of major champions two times over. Garbina Muguruza and Petra Kvitova going at it. Look at the Tennis Express head-to-head, -head, John. 5-1 to the check. Uh, why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, some of this has just been the surfaces on which they played. It's interesting. Both of them have won two majors, not on hard courts, and yet the majority of their overall titles are on hard courts. Um, Petra, obviously, commanding lead in the head-to-head. -head. Both just, just unpredictable players in general. Sometimes they are world beaters, other times uh, less so. Petra coming off that Cincinnati final run. Probably the favorite, though. Mugu is the higher-seeded player. 
it's interesting. It's it's almost like a veteran playing a veteran, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. We've seen these players around for a while. And look, her head-to-head -head, uh, is five to one for Kvitova, and I haven't been able to beat Kvitova ever, so I know how hard it can be. She has such a big, powerful game, and when she's on, mm -hmm. she is just on. She's been playing better recently, Kvitova, so I expect her to be able to, you know, use her big forehand and her big serve and and just power through Muguruza. Yeah, I think first strike tennis, right? And I, and I think Kvitova has won more because I think the leftiness comes into play, maybe makes Garbina a little bit uncomfortable because Kvitova's ability with the lefty serve and the lefty forehand kind of gets her out of her rhythm. Also on fast courts, both of them are terrific from that first strike. Whoever gets the first strike in more consistently, to me, is going to come out on top. Little edge to Kvitova. Garbini Mugrutha, this would be the first time she's won three matches in a row since the WTA finals last year. So looking forward to the two major champs battling head to head. Our guaranteed winners is coming up here. My specialty. We were 0 for 4 yesterday, but we guarantee that we'll try harder today. TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Evian continues after this. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back. A reminder to get the U.S. Open experience delivered to your door with the U.S. Open at-home suite filled with premium and exclusive merchandise like the official on-court towel, honeydew cups, and much more. Visit usopenshop.org today. Steve Weissman back with you. It's been 20 years since Richard Gasquet won the boys' junior title at the U.S. Open. And it's been nearly 15 since he's taken a set off Rafa Nadal. Nadal can tie the men's record for the most wins without a loss against a single opponent today, going for 18-0 against the Frenchman. Rafa, of course, has won five Davis Cup titles with Spain. Don't miss the Davis Cup finals on Tennis Channel. Tune in as 16 nations, including Team USA, face off in the group stage over six days. Live coverage begins Tuesday, September 13th. Here's Nadal on behalf of Santander Bank. I feel very lucky to enjoy all the things that I enjoyed because of tennis. So uh, give back is, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's a fair thing and a good thing to do with uh, Santander. It's all about the values. It's all about the, the way that we are able to work together to make positive things. And I feel very lucky to be, to be part of uh, one of the best bankers of the world. Rafa serves as a brand ambassador for Santander globally. We think he embodies the perseverance and the character and willingness to give back. We're pleased to be able to do this. Uh, you get a chance to play some tennis with the world's greatest, Rafa Nadal. I think everybody who is lucky in this world uh, needs to give back to, to make the world a little bit better. No, uh, it's all about give the chance to all these kids to, to have a, a better future, no? to have an opportunity. That's good stuff. Still to come, Leslie Allen talking about being first. Our Evian Americans in action looking for a first at the U.S. Open. And John Wertheim makes his first appearance in the match point predictor game. But next, more reaction on Serena. Don't miss what Roger Federer had to say about her.
Hey Serena, it's uh, Roger here. Listen, I wanted to congratulate you for a uh, most incredible career. I know it's probably with mixed feelings. You're leaving this wonderful sport that has given you everything and more. I think back at 99 at the US Open when you played Martina Hingis, I stayed up late uh, to watch you battle it out. And that was the beginning to your incredible career that you've had. Enjoy this moment, enjoy the US Open. Enjoy with everything that's coming next couple of weeks, even though I know it might be hard for you, but uh, I'm thinking of you and you have all my respect and I wish you all the very, very best for your future. Take care, Serena. Awesome to see that. You think back to the summer of 1999, what a summer it was for, for strong, powerful women. The U.S. winning the, the Women's World Cup, Randy Chastain, and then Serena winning her first ever Grand Slam singles title. Paul, as Roger's former coach, what was their dynamic relationship like, Roger and, and Serena? Well, I think it's just mutual respect, right? I think greatness knows greatness. I remember when Serena, even going back further than that, when I was coaching Pete, when Venus and Serena started and first seeing them down in Australia and um, just watching these giddy young kids at the beginning of their journey. And um, as they've accumulated so much and so many accolades, it's very interesting to watch all of the mutual respect across the board. And it's no different with Roger. All the greats know how difficult it is to achieve extraordinary things. So when they see someone like Serena do it and do it not only in tennis, but in all the other facets of life where she's impacted things, I think all they can do is tip the cap and say thanks and well done. Right. There's only a handful of people that can truly understand what it's like to, to be in that position. Patrick Mahomes, football superstar, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, saying thank you, Serena Coco Goff, of course. It is because of you that I believe in this dream, Jeannie. I mean, it's incredible. I love the Serena Coco story of this year's U.S. Open because it's Serena's last one and Coco has been playing so well all week that it's it's a true changing of the guards and um, Serena has inspired so many but Coco said specifically I grew up watching a number one who looked like me and mm -hmm. that made me believe that I could do it as well and I just think that is so profound. Yeah it's a beautiful thing. Others tweeting in about Serena, Andy Roddick. Our colleague, I love you, Serena. It's been a pleasure to watch you become what you have. LeBron James, thank you. You are so damn dope. I mean, talk about players that have exceeded the enormous hype that they had coming in. I don't know anyone more than these two, John, that, that have been able to do that. Yeah, I mean, these are also, these are peers. These are all three athletes born within a few years of each other. I, I think, Paul, I think you're right. I mean, it, it is a very finite number of people who knows what is the pressure going to an event where we say, oh, it's Serena versus the field? What is it like to be out there in what amounts to the big game with a whole stadium full of people cheering for you? So the fact we see athletes of this caliber, there's a real kinship there. Everybody was watching last night. I mean, it, it was truly a spectacle. The first black woman to win a big pro tennis tournament since Althea Gibson. Leslie Allen reflects on the pressure and privilege of being in that position. That's next. Back on TC Live, reminder to download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest scores, stats, match highlights, player news, and more. It is available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Well, as part of our annual U.S. Open coverage, we like to bring you the work of Tennis Channel contributor and former Top 20 WTA player Leslie Allen. In today's piece, Leslie explains what it's like carrying the label of being first. When you're the first at anything, it's a joy, but it's also a weight. The weight of your race or your country. You are lauded and watched and chronicled in a way that maybe others didn't. 
When I won the Avon Championships of Detroit, which was one of the top WTA tournaments of that era, I was the first woman of color to win a major tournament since Althea Gibson did in the 50s, and this is in 1981. Something to be celebrated for, great progress was made, but it also was a reminder that a lot of people that came before me maybe didn't have the opportunity to be the first. From then on, my announcement was always Leslie Allen, first black player since whatever, Leslie Allen, first black player. So sometimes that's when I was like, can I just be Leslie Allen, one of the top players? Tennis is more open now. We have more opportunities. But there's always going to be somebody that's going to create a first. And it's all relative to what's going on in your culture. If it's news that they want to match at a Grand Slam or news that they've reached the top 100, those are first that that athlete has on their shoulders. And they know they have it on their shoulders. And you have to not ignore it. You have to embrace it. The trailblazer from Tunisia, Ons Jabeur, champion. Or look at Ons Jabeur. Having Ons there brought so many Tunisian people to tennis. It's a way to introduce people to our sport, but it's also additional pressure. <laughs> Maya Sharif, her whole journey from being the first Egyptian to qualify for a Grand Slam, to win a match in a Grand Slam, to represent her country, Egypt, at the Olympics. She says, I absolutely understand that I'm helping the next generation. She came in here ranked 150 in the world, and she leaves the U.S. Open champion. Say hello to Emma Raducanu. Even you look at Raducanu, young, inexperienced, and in the headlights. When she won, I mean, her life is forever changed. She had to learn. This is what your life is going to be. I was willing to take the lumps and bumps of being the first. So many people across the spectrum tell me they remember where they were when they heard that I'd won. So it makes me proud to be part of that. I didn't necessarily like to always be introduced as the first black player since Althea Gibson to do. But now, if you're gonna say my name in the same sentence as Althea Gibson, I'm good with that. That's an okay thing. Fascinating to hear how Leslie's mindset evolved over the years. Billie Jean King always said, you got to see it to be it, John. But what if there's nothing to see and, and you're the first? It, it, it's a tough proposition. Yeah, we, we see a real lineage and we see that there are pathbreakers and they're trailblazers. But there's often someone, what's the, the, the line about the standing on the shoulders of giants? And I, I thought it was interesting that she sort of said, listen, I, I'm happy to be the first, but it would be nice just to be recognized as me and not have my race and what I've accomplished precede that. But what we see from that piece is that there is a real lineage to get to Serena Williams, to get to Coco Gauff, and it's not just black women, but tennis builds on itself, and that's great proof of that. Yeah, and the way she said how it was also a burden, um, I find that so interesting because with um, great power comes great responsibility, right? And so um, to be able to, to handle that, and, and to your point, John, her not wanting it to be her entire identity of, you know, having those descriptors before of who she is. I just find that so interesting as well because at the end of the day, she was also just a great player. Yeah, and, and, and to look at the way she delivers her messages, right, with dignity and class and so well thought out. And, and Leslie Allen 
has been historically one of the most thoughtful people around out there and to be a trailblazer, be someone like you said first, mm. that's really hard because you can't say you're supposed to react like this. You're supposed to do that. When you get thrown out there and that actually happens, that's got to be quite oppressive and really difficult to manage. But she um, has done it and did it with class and dignity. And that was a great piece. The, the, the pressure of that position became a privilege eventually for Leslie Allen. Thank you, Leslie, for that wonderful piece. A lot more still to get to. Of course, we're talking Serena Williams all day long. She accomplished all kinds of firsts in her career. From the walkout to the press room, we discuss what could be her final match. Jeannie, John, Paul, Steve, back on TC Live, presented by Evian. Taking a look across the grounds. Nobody working out right now, Player Fitness. But that's Dennis Shapovalov and our Cadillac player arrival coming in today, going to work. The night train is going to be playing Andre Rublev. So we got a boy band star against a rapper yep, in yeah, this matchup. Shapo was just going through the detector. Weren't they not going through the detector yesterday? Or they weren't. Suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's random. It's random. We're gonna have to ask you to uh, step this way. Oh, oh today, no. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Uh, Petra Martic uh, apparently got her rackets. Back. What a coffee! Hey, look, she looks like she, she has uh, all the equipment she I needs. So she wanted thankfully. a large coffee. Yeah, seriously. I've seen truckers drink less than that. <laughs> Look at that coffee. I had about that much coffee this morning. <laughs> you need it to get going. I mean, it's early, right? Match day. It's match day. Got to get yeah, going. Exactly. Petra Martich, but big match today. Up. Get fired up. Get fired up. Uh, this, this is the time to, to celebrate Serena even more from start to finish. What could be her final match of all time. The reception. Every match has been massive. Record crowds hoping to get a glimpse of the greatness. Of Cheers, Serena, to another round. Serena the diamond shoes, the sparkle top. Getting introduced as the greatest of all time. A two-minute video montage. This would be Serena's show, and that is what everybody showed up with their iPhones to get pictures, video, for potentially one last time. Isla Tomjanovic played her role with class in this one, Jeannie, and Serena was actually able to give the fans what they wanted to see early. Totally, Steve. I still just can't get over the sound of the crowd. You can tell it's another level than normal uh, fan noise from sporting events. Um, but we have to give credit to Isla. She played really well. Good serving there. She actually had the same shoulder surgery as me a few years ago. Same doctor, Dr. Alchek, and she's been playing and especially serving better since then post-surgery, which is not always the case. Um, but, you know, she, she did a great job here. She would give herself space behind the baseline when she needed to to absorb Serena's power and then um, you know, try to dictate after that. It was a great performance from both players. I think uh, the crowd was really appreciative of such an epic match for Serena's farewell. We all, you know, wanted her to, to do amazing in this tournament and do well, but um, wasn't meant to be. But good for Isla. And, you know, I think she really prefers her back inside as well. And a lot of times we see her actually run around to hit that back end, which I think is a little bit interesting. But unable to uh, deal with Serena's power there. But I think in the end, Serena, some mental and physical fatigue, and Isla just kept steamrolling. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's really hard to weigh the emotional fatigue, okay. right? Serena broke the first game, the third set. This has been a long ride. There's been so many expectations and things talked about with Serena Williams, aside from just her tennis. And 
a lot of that you can't you cannot weigh. She has played some great tennis the first few matches, but Tomjanovic, if you talk about her ability to do this with class, I thought she was amazing. I mean, she rebounded after losing the second set, going down 1-0 in the third, and just stuck to the task at hand, beating one of the greatest in the history of the game. And this crowd was a little bit bittersweet, wasn't it? I mean, Jeannie talked about some tears. I was a little bit emotional watching the last match. Is it the last match, guys? We keep kind of uh, waffling here. We'll see. She said, you never know. One final twirl for Serena Williams. I mean, it took six match points. She showed that fight and that grit all the way through the end. Let's hear more from Serena Williams. I'm ready to, like, be a mom and explore a different version of Serena. Um, and technically in the world, I'm still super young, so I want to, like, have a little bit of a life while I'm still walking. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's super yeah, young. That's I love great. Serena. <laughs> the 20-plus club, men's and women's, 23. That is the most in the open era. And we're going to leave it at that. Yeah, what, what a ridiculous <laughs> barometer here. Can't you see it 10 years from now? Bouchard was good, but she only won like eight majors, not 20. I mean, I, you, you pity the players that have to uh, follow this. These are some... Real outliers here, and, uh, you know, Serena will not catch Margaret Court, but I think we can uh, say this was Titanic career nonetheless. Absolutely. Everybody's got their own Serena story. Jeannie, what's yours? You know, Serena can be very adorable. She has this side to her. My, my favorite memory of her was back in 2014, we were at Wimbledon, and there was a very long rain delay, and we were in the seated player's locker room sitting on the same bench, and she fell asleep next to me and her head was almost like cuddling my leg and I was so stressed out because I was like, I can't wake Serena up. I have to go to the bathroom, but I am, <laughs> I'm not going to move. I'm not even going to breathe because she has to be rested for her match. I wasn't even thinking about my own match later. This was uh, before the third round and uh, she just woke up and we like, she was like, oh my God, sorry. And we just <laughs> laughed and um, she has a really sweet side to her. And then she want to win the title. Uh, <laughs> you could have really fun with pranks and Instagram, and you, you could, but you showed restraint. Um, no. I know. I was like, should I take a selfie of us right now? And she's like, just like cuddling herself next to me. <laughs> well done. I so mean, I, I think there's a larger story here. Cause, I mean, I think when when they came on the scene, I think there was there was sort of the, this friction and frostiness, and everyone was trying to find their distance in a very short amount of time. Not only did she win over the crowd. I mean, the, the idea that Serena could be polarizing is sort of, that's, that's like 2004, that storyline became old. But she was really a presence in the locker room, wasn't she? I mean, she, she knew the rest of the girls, and she was giving hugs on birthdays, and I think that there was really a sense that she was this global superstar, but she had a real presence in the locker room really as well. Really funny personality too, mm -hmm. funnier than anyone would expect. Yeah, and one of the amazing things to me, I'll go with my coaching cap, even though it's not on, my coaching hat is, but let's not forget how they got here, right? Richard Williams said, you're not going to play junior tennis. You're not going to mm -hmm. play junior tournaments and everyone's kind of scratching their heads and I'm going, not play? What do you mean not play? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and look at the, look at the, um, the, the trailblazing careers that both she and Venus have had in such a different way, the way they've done it through their progression as players and how they kind of have transformed on and off the court and what they've done as leaders on and off the court. To, to me, it's just, it's miraculous with what's uh, been accomplished. Real quick before we go, she did, she was asked, is there any chance you're going to play again? And she said, I wish I had started this sooner. You never know. What do you think? A Ash Barty, six months ago, I'm out. Like, we're done. It's been great. No regrets. 
this have a little bit of tinge of and you know granted it was right after a great three set match that tiebreaker that you called I mean she played great tennis but she kind of left the window the open a little. It's a jar, right? It's a jar. <laughs> I'm hoping she doesn't call Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, in a month, in two months, right. you'll be like, you know what? Uh, exactly. I'm coming back. This was such a nice farewell. It's that's hard right. to imagine yeah, right. her playing right. after this. This is such a beautiful way to end that's it. That's a great point. Maybe a farewell in Australia. We shall see. <laughs> a career unrivaled and a legacy that will continue to grow. Serena, a name that shall forever define greatness, passion, authenticity, and the ultimate desire to win. Thank you, Serena Williams, from all of us. Welcome back. Big foe in the house. You know the vibes. Francis Tiafo. Oh, Go. rocking that goat sweatshirt. Yeah, feeling the, feeling the Serena vibes today. Taking on Diego Schwartzman. See what happens. Big foe flying under the radar, but that, that's what he wanted here. Not a lot of attention on him, but going about his business, taking care of his work. That may be the, the largest tennis bag I've seen. Evian Americans in action. And uh, we've got matches all over the grounds, including Grandstand. And yesterday, we had a couple of big wins, some losses as well. Let's start out with American Shelby Rogers, who was making to looking to make a big run here, but taking on Angebert, who's been... Defeating U.S. players all week long. Looking for a third straight win. She beat Ellie Mandlick. Beat another American in the first round. And Shelby was actually battling a forearm injury as well, Jeannie. It, it was a tough one. Anjabur, such a tricky opponent to play. That was an unbelievable shot, by the way. A kick serve from Shelby and Anj just does a drop shot return. Um, I can only dream of being able to do that. I uh, hope she can <laughs> teach me. But, yes, um, a lot of tricky shots, a lot of touch constantly making Shelby move and Shelby has some great power shots but if she's on the run she can do those less amazing um, athleticism there from on the racket control while she was so off balance so impressive um, you know on she's into the second week now and she, but she said she thinks she doesn't even play that well on hardcore so um, humble and constantly working and you know Shelby they're trying to do a drop shot in return but um, hard to think of thinker, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. She's not going to outdrop shot on, yeah. but um, uh, so good to see her in the second week of the open. 18 of 20 points during the run stretch. It's a weird match, but uh, nice change of strategy for everyone. Um, hugs on. One. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone hugs Shelby and as well. Too. Everyone yeah. loves Shelby. That, that was one of my guarantees yesterday. There was going to be a hug at the yeah, end of the match. Right. Right. You right. got it. <laughs> Uh, I, a lot of people hug Ali too. Uh, Ali Risk in action, taking on Wong Ziyu, looking for her best results since 2013, Paul, which made the fourth round here. And she's been playing some terrific tennis, using the hard courts to her advantage. Nice little kick serve there to seal the first set. Gets down 3-1 in the second, and uh, at 40, love here, a little serve to plus one that makes it 4-1. Ali did a really nice job just kind of maintaining composure, hanging in there. Got pretty loud out there. I'll tell you what, that American support shows up just about everywhere. So off we go to the third set. Nice serve plus one from Ali Risk coming forward, trying to trying to grab that momentum, see if she can start off early and good. And that's exactly what she did. And match point right here. Where's Steven? Come on, get Steven in. No Steven in there? <laughs> Come on, guys. They got to get Steven Armitage in there. It's all about Allie. It's all about Allie. She, she gets it done into the round of 16. She's going to take on Caroline Garcia, but risk actually 3-0 against the Frenchman. 
Uh, our Evian Americans in action today. Got a lot of them. Not a uh, hat tip, second to the last. Warren Davis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? Nice Great battling, tournament. coming yep. back from some injuries. Big, big ask against the number one seed and then uh, that bottom match. Feist versus Feist. Collins against Cornet. We actually snuck a non-American highlight into our Evian Americans in Action Ooh. segment. Why, John? Oh, Be because here? it had the best finish of the year. Say, we're a spoiler alert. We're only here for match point, but this is Carreño Busa, two-time semifinalist at this event, Montreal winner, nice on hard court. He's susceptible to being overhit, but he doesn't get outground a lot. And uh, Diminor didn't have a whole lot to hurt him with. We should probably be talking more about Karina Busta, who's had such a nice summer on these hard courts. But again, this is all just lather because we're setting up for one of the all-time great match points you will ever see. This is in the fourth. Some nice candy work at the net from Divinor, who's clawed back he always into does, this right? match. Always does. But here we are at 5-4. Uh, at, at and if you ever want to see how to close out a match, it's Divinor pushing this to a break. And he's a tough guy to do it against. we got to get to the closer drives. here. we got to get <laughs> to the <laughs> This, is what, this is what for. we came for. Here we go. Right here. Tweener, Rob, match point, winner, and then look at the two reactions. Two, two rackets flying. Yeah, I can see that. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. That's I mean, how you win what a match. sport. That right? is how you win a match. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> what a charge, Shot. right? We have a slow mo replay, maybe? No, we, just had, we had all the other highlights Force that didn't matter. A tiebreaker and a major. I mean, the, the <laughs> and that's leverage. And Demonor claws his way back into so many exactly. matches. Got, got thumped the first two sets, gets all the way back to 6 5 in the breaker in the fourth, and gets beat with that shot. That's amazing. Is that the, the best match point you've ever seen? That's pretty good. I just love the complete opposite reaction from both <laughs> right, right. players. It's just right. so heartbreaking for one and just euphoric for the other. Um, I love those entertaining points. The crowd really appreciated that. You can hear that. I mean, again, no Americans on the court, but the crowd was so invested in this match. It's tennis. That's why we love it. And uh, you're right. Pablo Carino Busta. Keep an eye on Maybe keep, keep an eye on that guy. Made the semifinals a few years ago. Still to come, Prakash Worldwide plays the Tortilla Slap Challenge with Sam Query. This is must-see TV, folks. Don't go anywhere. Back on TC Live, presented by Evian, a reminder to enter the match point predictor game from Tennis Channel, answer questions about the action in Flushing Meadows, and earn a shot to win the grand prize trip to next year's U.S. Open. To sign up, go to tennis.com slash play. Here are the questions you need to answer to win that trip. Who will be the men's champ? Who will be the women's champ? How many American men will reach the quarterfinals? Number six, well... That answer has been given out. She will reach the third round at the U.S. Open. But we've got John Wertheim with us here for the first time in the Match Point Predictor game. Very exciting to have John, John with us here. Uh, you're going to answer question number one. Who's going to be the men's champion, John? Men's champion. Men's so, champion. I thought we were doing mixed doubles. Uh, <laughs> you could go wherever you the, want. Yeah, uh, for the wrong segment. Uh, the defending champion has looked terrific so far. Has, has Medvedev has not lost a set, but I'm sticking with my pick. I'm thinking teenage waste. I'm thinking uh, Carlos Alcaraz here breaks through. Okay. Carlitos, he can get also to number one yeah, in the world by one. the end of the tournament. Serena Williams, she was at number one for 319 weeks. The current top-ranked American honors her now. If I had 
one message for Serena Williams, it would be um, just thank you for inspiring probably every girl <laughs> that is on tour right now to play tennis. Definitely is why I started playing tennis, who I you know grew up watching when I was a little girl, especially being American. So yeah, just thank you for inspiring us all. We will be celebrating Serena all tournament long with our tennis honor series. And straight ahead, we've got the top highlights, reaction on Serena, and we'll get you ready for today's action in New York City. Jeannie, John, Paul, Steve, back on TC Live, presented by Evian. A reminder that Tennis Plays for Peace is an initiative to bring the tennis community and fans together to support relief efforts for the war in Ukraine through the Global Giving's Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund. To learn more, please go to globalgiving.org slash US Open. Back to the action from last night. Fly with Caro on supersonic levels right now. Caroline Garcia taking an 11-match win streak into her third round, Paul, against Bianca Andreescu. Yeah, and this is exactly how I called it on the show yesterday. <laughs> you Garcia picked Bibi. That was your guarantee. Riding that wave of confidence from Cincinnati, just offensive tennis. Look at her take the return early. Really never let Andreescu into the match. I thought maybe she would spray a few more balls, but it was a clinic in offense of tennis. I think that clarity and confidence allows her to pull off shots like that. Strong down the line, open stance, two-hander, and here the forehand up inside the baseline. But look at the court position. She has Andrescu pinned deep in the court. And when Garcia is confident in hitting the ball this cleanly, she is so impressive. We saw it in Cincinnati, and we saw it yesterday. Eight aces pushing her tour-leading total to 304. Most aces on tour. Fourth round here for the first time. And guess what? We're flying with Carol Garcia. Very nice to Jeannie Bouchard and Juniors as well. Yes, so happy to see Carol regain excellent form. So happy for her. We all had our eyes on this All-American battle. Madison Keys, Coco Goff, Jeannie Keys won when they played eight months ago, but this was a whole different story. Yes, completely different match here. This is one of the best defensive points I've ever seen. Coco just displaying her athleticism, getting absolutely every single ball back. Like, she was so far behind the baseline, we didn't even see her at some points in that, in that uh, point. But showing that she has such a great all-around game because she's also one in position, being able to be aggressive and attack. Keys has a lot of power, and she had trouble finishing the point against Coco. Uh, Coco staying far back to absorb her power and then uh, opening up the court and just completely controlling the point. She had a lot of very big celebrations. You can see how much this means to her. Obviously, we're talking a lot about Serena at the U.S. Open, but Coco, maybe the heir to the throne, is methodically going through every single match. I didn't expect it to be such a one-sided affair, but, I mean, look at that. It's, it means so much to her. Playing in her third U.S. Open, second week for the first time. Talk about what changed from Adelaide. I think in January, I was relying too much on my speed, and I was... Um, because against, you know, lower-ranked players, you know, I could get away with just getting the ball back. And then, you know, I'm playing higher players who are power, power hitters, and I'm like, okay, well, that's not working anymore. So I think now I'm using it as a weapon and not so much as a defense mechanism and using it to aggressively get to the balls and using it to attack the net instead of using it to run side to side. Yes, I still use it to do that because that's tennis. You can't help it. But um, I think it really – 
changed uh, my mentality on how I'm using my athleticism. I'm not relying it on it anymore. Now I'm trying to use it as a weapon. That's just head scratching. Her, her depth of analysis as a teenager is just amazing to me. Take a look at this, but listen to those words. I mean, as a coach, I'm still sitting here going, wow. I mean, she's really incredible. 18. Yep. She sounds wise beyond her years. <laughs> New balance player resume. She completes the box set. She's now made the second week at all four majors at that 128 mile an hour serve in the second round. Did this surprise you, John, as you take a look at uh, the draw right now? How how thoroughly she beat Madison Keys? Yeah, I think the thoroughly is. I mean, I, I probably would have picked Coco to win that match, but I didn't expect her to only surrender five games. And you look at this board and, uh, you know, we're, we're only a lot of tennis left to be played. We're only in the fourth round, but um, if Coco were to advance to the final, the same tournament that Serena leaves, that would be a bit of symbolic torch passing right there. What did that performance, Jeannie, say to you about her chances of winning it all now? She's looking so solid right now. It's hard to imagine a player that can that beat her easily in this tournament or maybe even beat her at all. She is just doing so great with her defense and her offense and seems so level-headed and, mm -hmm. and just to, seems to be, be calm about everything, even though it's the U.S. Open and she's, there's a lot of hype ab around her and she's playing as an American here. Um, I'm very impressed. We said, Paul, that, that the Serena story kind of helped her, perhaps. I, you know, I, it took some of the pressure off. I think it did. I think it took some of the pressure off her. And, and look, she's talked about the inspiration that Serena's been to her. And I, I think the next step for Coco is a really clear one. It, it's to go from very good to great, mm -hmm. right? And, and I think the biggest challenge for her is to get really comfortable being uncomfortable in the time of greatness, in the finals of Roland Garros, that was the first step. She got there. Now she's getting more information to feedback. And when you hear these kind of comments after gathering information experience, you got to watch out. Right. So the more she's in these situations, she's going to become great. It's really not a matter of uh, if, it's just when. A couple little technical things she needs to tweak, I think. But um, other than that, she is just such a treat to watch. So winning the U.S. Open equals the great. Yeah, I think being an, an, another, getting a major under her belt, I would consider that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good to great. Love Good to hear to it. Uh, on the men's side, Matteo Berrettini looking to do the same thing. He's been to a major final before. Taking on former champ, though, Andy Murray. The greatness there, John. Uh, the Italian had his serve and forehand working on fire. 18 aces, really solid. Um, some of us, i.e. Jeannie, thought, you know, Andy Murray, maybe this is a little prelude to Serena, former champ, north of 35, parent, comeback. It just seemed like Murray is a few points here and there make all the difference. This was a very close match. Andy Murray did a very nice job to claw his way back into this match after dropping the first two sets. Sets, honestly, he was right there and could have won. Just a couple points here and there seemed to be the difference for Murray. Gets back, the crowd is into it, but then in the fourth set, Berrettini gets a break, and Berrettini's become a really reliable player, Paul, at these big events. And for Andy Murray, you're just not sure. I mean, he's, he's not by any stretch embarrassing himself. It's not a bad loss. He's right in there, but he just doesn't quite seem to have that X factor. And meanwhile, well, they, uh, I don't know if a guy uh, who's been to a major final could be a dark horse, but boy, has Berrettini become reliable. Fourth round for the fourth straight year. Talked about reliability. Then we had the Paul Rudd Rude match. Tommy Paul, Casper <laughs> Rudd, 
four hours and 23 minutes. What a battle, Paul. It was. I mean, Casper uh, Ruud got up to an early break. Tommy broke back. Great tie break for Casper in that first set. Second set was more of the same. Look at athleticism on both sides of the net. Tommy Paul trying to impose his will. Does such a great job stealing the second set tie break, playing some great tennis. This is the heartbreaking time right here. It was 6-5 Tommy Paul serving 40. Love that game. Triple set point. And that slipped away from him. And then Rudd, uh, uh, Paul Rudd and Casper Rudd, both of them. <laughs> it was rude of him to do that. Yeah, play, played a better tiebreaker. But give Tommy Paul credit. Won the fourth set after a heartbreaking third. But I, I think a little bit of uh, a lack of fuel in the fuel tank for Tommy Paul. Third five-setter in succession against a guy that gives you nothing. Casper Rudolph to a great start in the fifth and uh, went on a run. But for Tommy Paul, I think that is a terrific tournament, and he is right there. Casper Rudolph at fifth set, played some of his best tennis this year. First Norwegian man to reach the round of 16 here, and then Daniil Medvedev once again had to wait until after the Serena show to take the court late last night, Jeannie, against that young Chinese star, Yibing Wu. That's a great point, Steve, because he's had to play after Serena, and he's just um, not worried or complaining or doesn't seem to affect his game at all. And that could be tough because there's so much attention on her, and the crowd is not as big as maybe it would be for the number one player in the world, but it's because he's playing after Serena and playing so late. They went on at, like, past 11 last night. Um, I just love that Medvedev can can do it all. He's 6'6", huge serve, but moves so well for his height. And look at that defense there, like far out in the corner and then able to just have such big shots as well moving forward, changing the defense to offense. Uh, straightforward win. He's just quietly making his way through the draw. Defending champ punching his ticket to week two. Sets up a blockbuster against Nick Kyrgios. We'll talk about that one. Taking a look at the fitness area. Not, you know, it, it really dies down, Jeannie, as we get to the second week. As soon as you get past the second round, um, so many of the players are gone or, you know, have lost and are taking the day off, and um, it, it gets really quiet. But then if you're one of those few players there, you know that means you're doing something right. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's lonely, but you're not alone. Ben Shelton coming in, playing some doubles today with Chris Eubanks. Much more straight ahead. Anna Code Bouchard, Wertham Weissman, back on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Coverage begins every morning with our two-hour show at 9 a.m. Eastern. ESPN carries the day session 11 a.m. Eastern today. ESPN 2, the night session, 7 p.m. Eastern. Let's get back to the summer of Samsonova. Riding a 12-match win streak into the third round against Alexandra Krunic, Genie. She leads the WTA in service games one, continues to crush it. Yeah, she's the hottest player or one of the hottest players in the tournament right now. Um, big strokes, but great footwork to get herself in position for them. You hear a lot of her squeaky feet before she hits every shot. She sets herself up really well. And when you're winning so much, everything works. She, she had a let cord there, but like doing the winner anyway. Everything is kind of going her way right now. She's also very um, level-headed, not showing too much emotion, very uh, methodical. You know, this is a big moment for her, but she's uh, kind of taking it all in stride. And great movement there for, for a girl that's so big. She has very big, looping, smooth strokes, um, and that's why she generates so much of her power. Hasn't lost a set since the final in D.C. Won that tournament, won tennis in the land in Cleveland, and it's like she just expects it now. 13 in a row. 
deepest run at a major. Plays Isla Tomjanovic next. Beat her in D.C. Uh, speaking of players on fire, how about Nick Kyrgios? 13-2 since the Wimbledon final taking on J.J. Wolf. Paul, more disciplined destruction from Nick. Yeah, it was a really tight first set. Nick was actually pretty quiet in the first set. J.J. did a really nice job uh, until about halfway through where he lost his serve. Nick played some really precise power tennis, controlling the uh, kind of tempo of the rally from the back of the court. Once again, served as he always does. Look, I, I think this is a great uh, tournament for J.J. Wolf, and that is a tremendous talent shot from Nick Kyrgios that cannot be taught. A little bit of a helicopter celebratory move for him, but he played great tennis. Nick, 6-4, here, controlling the rallies, doing all kinds of magic with that backhand. Look, open stance two-hander, that is so difficult. A little bit of side spin rotation around that ball. <laughs> How about a little shake, a little He's shimmy? Yeah, I like a little shake, a little shimmy, but J.J. had a great tournament, just a little bit outmatched, and he is making terrific progress as J.J. will. But do not sleep on the next match, folks. Nick Kyrgios and Daniel Medvedev. That is going to be a blockbuster. He just beat him in, in Montreal. What do you think of that one? I, I just think it's going to be a great match to watch. I want to see more of those Nick uh, fun shots. He's just so entertaining. And Medvedev is as well. They, they both put on a show. They're both great entertainers. And... Uh, I think we'll have a high-quality match. That looked like a lot of fun, antics. That was going on as Serena was playing, and I think it really has served Nick Kyrgios well that for week one he has not been necessarily the, the A1 attraction. Big match, and I think we'll learn a lot about both players. Best of five weekend session at a major is different than a Montreal night, but Nick did win the previous time they played. Yeah, this, I won't say this often, but Medvedev is the one that's going to have to change his game a little bit to win. Who's favored? Yeah. Uh, I, I think Kyrgios is going to win. Really? Okay. Nick Kyrgios. I'll be surprised if Nick does not win that. Wow. You That's think? a big right. call. Yeah, that is a big call. You well, agree? I've got massive potential for growth since I haven't had very many good calls this week, so I'm looking at the glass half <laughs> full. But I thought you called Medvedev to win the whole tournament. I did, but I didn't think he was going <laughs> to be playing. That's a good, good pickup. Did anyone remember that? Didn't pay attention. I did, but I didn't Council? think he was going to be playing Nick this mm. round. I didn't think Nick what, was going to be playing Did you this. not see the draw? Or? I did. I didn't know if Nick was going to oh, get this yeah. far because of fatigue. I'm just, I'm just kidding. If, if I'm just remember, kidding, Paul. If you remember, I also <laughs> picked Nick to lose earlier, right? Yeah. Remember you did. so? That is true. I can contradict myself as many times as possible. <laughs> now, you got <laughs> so confused by the end of the show, I can say whatever I want and no one can check it. You adapt. Defense lawyer, right? Yeah. Exactly. We, we exactly. really, I mean, Medvedev, he's won nine straight matches here. He's won every match in straight sets so far this year. He's moving well, as you say. Boy, that's a big pick. It's going to be fun. Right. We're, we're going to talk more about that What's tomorrow. Head to head, guys. It's 3 right. 1 for Nick Kyrgios. So. Yeah. Uh, more on that tomorrow. Let's talk today. Daniel Collins, Alize Cornet. This is a good one, Jeannie. It's a rematch from when they played in Australia. That was a quarterfinal, the first ever that Cornet has had in a major. And Danielle got the win there. Who, who do you give the edge to today? This is going to be a fun one. Both of these players are feisty competitors. I expect a battle. I expect Collins to power through Cornet, mm. but I do wonder if Cornet can just weasel her way into the points, absorb enough power to be able to um, show some variety, maybe get under Collins' skin a little bit with her, her drop shots. She said she wanted to keep drop shots as a part of her game, um, and that might throw Collins off her rhythm. So we'll see. Two of the best fighters. You just like this as a, as a battle. When you come from nothing, you've got nothing to lose. That was Daniel Collins. I thought it was an all-time great post-match quote. Uh, Daniel Collins, in a very short amount of time, has 
reverted to form from Australia. I think she wins and beats Cornet again. Battle of feistiness, right? Yeah. And Danielle's got a lot of confidence right now without playing a ton of matches. To me, that's really impressive. And I think the more she plays, uh, the more dangerous she's going to get because she's got, I think she's got a little more firepower. Mm -hmm. But in terms of feistiness levels, they're pretty similar. <laughs> a lot of passion yep. will be on display. Uh, Jensen Brooksby going for the biggest win of his life today, taking on Carlos Alcaraz. What is the strategy, Paul, for Jensen Brooksby in this match? I cannot wait to see this match. We're going to see if Jensen Brooksby is able to use his uh, tennis IQ and awkwardness to make uh, the great young Spaniard feel uncomfortable. That's been so hard to do against Alcaraz because he has so much firepower and so many weapons. For Brooksby, it's about getting the first strike in. He's got to pressure the Alcaraz second serve, see if he can get better court position and make Alcaraz hit the ball on the run as much as possible. We know Alcaraz is great on the run, but if he's stationary, he's even better. And if he's stationary, he can come forward, and that will put Brooksby uh, in some trouble if that happens. Remember last year, Brooksby took a set off Novak Djokovic this same weekend. It was a bit of a, yeah, it was a bit of a revelation, and now he's really found comfort here. He makes the opponent uncomfortable. He knows he does. We talk about how the, the serve is a deficiency. He doesn't get broken all that many times. He is so tricky. There is no player that plays like him. There's no one you can get a practice partner and say, hey, go replicate this guy. That's a real advantage. Alcaraz will be the favorite, but it's very easy to see Brooksby just completely confounding this kid. I've been impressed by Brooksby since he broke out onto the scene last year that he's maintained and improved his level. He's shown that he's a good player and he's kind of here to stay. Um, I think it'll be telling how he handles uh, the match. And uh, it's just we'll see if Alcaraz can really power through him or not and if uh, Brooksby can, you know, do his weird, awkward game, as Paul said. And I think it'll be a fun game of cat and mouse. Brooksby never looks intimidated no matter who he's yeah. playing. You mentioned the Djokovic match last year. Alcaraz looking to be the youngest man to reach the fourth round back-to-back -back years here since Pete Sampras did it back in the day. Another good one coming up. couple of major champions two times over. Garbina Muguruza and Petra Kvitova going at it. Look at the Tennis Express head-to-head, -head, John. 5-1 to the check. Uh, why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, some of this has just been the surfaces on which they played. It's interesting. Both of them have won two majors, not on hard courts, and yet the majority of their overall titles are on hard court. Um, Petra, obviously commanding lead in the head-to-head -head. both just just unpredictable players in general sometimes they are world beaters other times uh less so <laughs> petra coming off that cincinnati final run probably the favorite though mugu is the higher seeded player it's interesting it's it's almost like a veteran playing a veteran mm -hmm, right yeah. we've seen these players around for a while and look her head-to-head -head, uh is five to one for kavitova and I haven't been able to beat Kvitova ever, so I know how hard it can be. She has such a big, powerful game, and when she's on, mm. she is just on. She's been playing better recently, Kvitova, so I expect her to be able to, you know, use her big forehand and her big serve and, and just power through Muguruza. Yeah, I think first strike tennis, right? And I, and I think Kvitova has won more because I think the leftiness comes into play, maybe makes Garbini a little bit uncomfortable because Kvitova's ability with the lefty serve and the lefty forehand kind of gets her out of her rhythm. Also on fast courts, both of them are terrific from that first strike. Whoever gets the first strike in more consistently, to me, is going to come out on top. Little edge to Kvitova. Garbini Muguruza, this would be the first time she's won three matches in a row since the WTA Finals last year. So looking forward to the two major champs battling head-to-head. -head. Our guaranteed winners is coming up here. My specialty. We were 0 for 4 <laughs> yesterday, but we guarantee that we'll try harder today. <laughs> TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Evian continues after this. 
Back on TC Live, look who's coming in. Cadillac player rivals, the 21-year-old American Jensen Brooksby, one of five Americans in the third round. Big match today. Looking for the biggest win of his life against Carlos Alcaraz. A reminder, Tennis.com, your source for all the news, scores, and info at the U.S. Open. Right now, you can see Jensen Brooksby adjusting to life on tour. I think he's doing that pretty well. Steve Tigner always has your three to see and then massive Serena content. Time for our daily dose of your boy, Prakash Worldwide. All right, we got Mr. Schoolboy Q, Sam Queries, taking out Andy Murray, Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal. But let's see how he fares against Prakash Worldwide as we take down some authentic birria tacos at Cinco de Mayo on this episode of No Limit NYC. Hey, How's yeah. Schoolboy Q. Good, Good to see you, brother. Good you to see you. Him. Yo, I picked I pick like a nice, local, lo- authentic spot. Cinco de Mayo here. I know you like it. It. You Mexican it. food, right? Yeah. What's the best? Birria tacos. Birria What you think? That's perfect. Let's get it. Oh, you threw in some guac there. Us Cali boys love our guac. We just moved like two years ago. We have an avocado tree in our backyard. Get out of here. 400 avocados on it right now. So uh, oh, I'm hoping in another few months, it's, I've got 400 avocados that I can sell on the street. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do with that many. <laughs> <laughs> so much we got to talk about, Q. You were, here you go. Thank you. A young, 18-year-old young buck, you know, who was on his way to USC. But then, all of a sudden, you just started winning everything. I got good. <laughs> you got good yeah, really summer quick. of 2006. That's I was right. going to go to USC, right. won a few challenger titles. Won my first round of the U.S. Open. The four years that I was going to go to USC, I think they won the team title all four years. Oh, get out of here. I could have only hurt that team. (laughs) (laughs) What's wild to me is you've gotten all the way up to 11 in the world. You've won millions of dollars, 10 titles on the tour. You took out back-to-back world number ones, back-to-back reigning champions at Wimbledon. Wild. I never thought at 18 that I would go on to have a career like this and, and and win a handful of titles and make some runs and slams. You're retiring after this tournament. Congrats. How difficult was it to come to the decision that, you know what, I've, I've loved the career I've had and it's, it's time to evolve, as Serena says. You know, I kind of went back and forth for a few months, like maybe I'll retire at the Open, maybe not, maybe try to go one more run. It kind of clicked, like, you know what, I've had enough, I guess. I want to play one more Open and then move on to the next phase of my life. You know, I have two little kids now. As you know, I've been traveling nonstop for 20 years. I'm excited to kind of get into a little more of a routine at home. We took a red eye here last night with the kids. They're going to they're gonna be here for the final match, whatever that is. I hope it's in two weeks at the finals, yeah. but it's fun to do it as a family. What are we expecting from you after tennis? It's still in the works, but it'll, uh, it'll be out pretty soon here. It should be pretty fun. I can't beat you in life, <laughs> but I got all the love in the world for you, brother. Thank you. Congratulations on everything. If you go online, Tennis Channel social media, you can see the Tortilla Slap Challenge. I promise you. They edited it out of this one. Uh, USOpen.org, your online home for point-by-point live scoring, highlights, real-time stats, and draws. Visit the official tournament site at USOpen.org. Guaranteed locks. Cha-chung. Coming up next. TC Live at the US Open is brought to you in part by Cadillac. Be iconic. It's getting a little more crowded in the player fitness area as we lead up to first ball just minutes away. Time for our People Magazine stars in the stands. 
John, you know, you know who that is. I could have got that. Hank Mardukas. Spike Lee, did you see him with, with his phone? He was directing. It's almost as though he's putting together a Serena documentary. Uh, but Spike Lee's been there for all of Serena's matches, singles and doubles. Spike Lee joint. Love that suit. <laughs> Style and profiling. All right, Jeannie. Who are these? Easy peasy. Oh, we got Russell Wilson and Sierra in Serena's box, no less. They actually took Anna Wintour's seat. Uh, I noticed Anna was not there last night. Um, but they did not bring Serena luck. <laughs> Second straight major. They were, uh, they were the royal box as well. A few they weeks were, ago. yes. They like their tennis. Serena country. Let's ride. Russell Wilson, uh, one of our People Magazine stars in the stands. For more, you can go to people.com. Cue the tunes. What do we got, John? Uh, it's got to be Serena, right? Now let's go uh, zig where everyone else is zagging. Here comes Carlito. Here comes Alcaraz. He's lost nine matches, wow. only nine matches, and 55 matches played. Guess how many times he's lost in straight sets? I'm going to go with zero. That's incredible, isn't it? Which so basically, every set. single match. Exactly, Jeannie. Exactly. <laughs> every single match. <laughs> and every single match. At least one. He's won at least one set. That if not so more. Impressive. No? That is uh, that's crazy, and I think he wins at least one set. But I think he wins three today against Brooksby. Featured matches. It's one of them. This is what's coming up. Arthur Ashe Stadium. Jessica Pagula flying under the radar. Top-ranked American in the world. Could be her shot to break through and win a major here. Jensen Brooksby against Carlitos. Rafa Nadal looking to get to 18-0 against Richard Gasquet. Hasn't dropped a set against him since 2008. He beat him in 2003 in the Challenger. And uh, since then? That was it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get anything done. Couldn't get anything done. So. He's, a, he's a tough out, that Nadal guy. All right, guaranteed, uh, guaranteed picks. Paul, you, you have not you, – you're I mean, a guaranteed why, loser so why far. Why the humiliation? <laughs> well, I they mean, put the records on. That's yeah. so not no, nice. No, but in all fairness. It were, is not. It's not nice. upset picks. Were, were, that Jordan, uh, did Jordan do that? But those are the facts. Wow. They're just the facts. Who did that? Huska, did you right. do that? Jordan, thanks, Jordan. Appreciate that. 0-4, massive potential for, for growth. growth for me. Yeah, right? I'm yeah, going optimistic. Yeah. So positive. Cam Norrie. Cam Norrie today is going to win over Holger Rune. I like that call. Yeah, See, but I just want you guys to notice that I didn't just go Rafa. I, I was going to tell you you I should. I know. You, want, you were worried about my ego. I mean, he's 17-0 against Gasquet. <laughs> I think at one point you got to just pick just, an obvious just one, one just right? to get on the board. Right. That's my recommendation, <laughs> too. My pick is mm-hmm. Jesse Pagula. I think she, as you mentioned, the top-ranked American, flying under the radar. Uh, I think she has a very solid, winnable match today. And, um, you know, I lost yesterday, so I wanted to pick a more sure one, and I'm, I'm confident in Jesse. I will be shameless and take Rafa. Um, <laughs> 17 and 0 is pretty strong head-to-head. A lot of predictive value in that. Um, I give Richard Gasquet a lot of credit. Still playing age 35 plus, but uh, I think this is I think it's well, Rafa time. Well, because you picked Rafa, you ought to open that notes of yours and slap yourself with the <laughs> <tortillas>. <laughs> Does anyone know about this tortilla challenge? Was I the last person to know about this? I thought we were going to, we, if we had time, I thought Jeannie and I were going to have a tortilla challenge. A tortilla <laughs> challenge. <laughs> we can do it after the show. Exactly. <laughs> a tortilla challenge. Uh, last tweet on Serena, as everybody has been chiming in. There's Russell Wilson, Dangerous. Greatest champion and competitor, heart of a lion, Alex Morgan, soccer star, fighting until the last point always. You've given so much to tennis and so much to women's tennis. I mean, what a st- I mean, from the public courts in Compton to center court at amazing, the U.S. Open. Amazing story. This is, this is a Hollywood story, John, that has already won an Oscar. I'm curious, when you eventually 
write, uh, write the book about this, yeah, as, we'll as you undoubtedly will. What's the title? Oh, man, of, of the Williams story? Uh, no, yeah. it's, it's their story to tell. <laughs> um, no, I, I just think people are waking up to the fact that this is just an incredible story. It's been on the, you know, this has been part of the sports landscape for 25 years now, right? I mean, nobody says, oh, my gosh, there's a, two sisters. But I think now that we're all stepping back, somebody put this out on Twitter. They said when Serena re retires, the active player with the most majors will now become Venus Williams? Right. I mean, it's just <laughs> such a crazy story. I think it's going to age well. I think we're going to be telling our grandkids about this story. And what a week. What a week. One more day for you, Jeannie. Yes, oh, last fine. day tomorrow. I don't want to leave. Tears. It's been oh. so fun. <laughs> you got to go play tennis or something? Yes, get back to my real job. Her day job. Going to India to play that day big job. tournament there. Serena Williams. What's next? Well, she's proved that anything is possible for anyone in this world, and that's more powerful than any serve or forehand she ever hit. Thanks for watching TC Live.